All right, morning, everybody. It's great to be here. I have the privilege to uh, share this morning at our one-year anniversary, uh, speaking like Jake did of uh, moving forward with things when uh, they don't fit into the plans. This wasn't the plan for me to to be up here doing this this morning. Greg was going to lead this, and uh, and he was super excited about it. But he started getting sick earlier in the week, and I talked to him yesterday, and uh, he basically said, I, I probably shouldn't be there tomorrow. And so you're kind of on your own wing it. That's what leadership does right there. But anyway, the, it, it has been an amazing journey, and uh, as, as we want to do this morning is we want to kind of look at three different things. And uh, the first thing that we're going to look at is uh, the last year. Where have we come from? And uh, to me, it's been a, an amazing journey. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you a little bit of my story over the last year and then ask a question. Uh, about two years ago, uh, Greg and Bonnie left Cody to go to Dallas and he was going to uh, attend what's known as the Watermark Institute. We had been introduced to Watermark uh, through the book, Come and See. Many of you have looked at that book or, or read it. It's by Todd Wagner. And uh, another gentleman in another church here in Cody introduced me to that book and had already uh, given Greg the book, too. So we were reading that, and uh, Greg was so impressed with what he was learning through the podcast and the book that he wanted to go to the Institute for 10 months. Now, at that time, our youngest daughter was under Greg when he was a youth pastor, and he, uh, she introduced Jenny and I to Greg and Bonnie, and we got to know them a little bit while they were still pastoring. He shared with me his vision uh, a couple of years ago. And when they went to the Institute in Dallas, uh, I run a Christian nonprofit organization, and I was able to come alongside of Greg and Bonnie and basically say, we would like to walk th through this with you and try to establish a group of donors that will help you cover your expenses in Dallas. And that was it. There was no strings attached. It wasn't like, hey, I'll do this if you come back to Cody and you start this thing called Outpost. It was simply, hey, we see a calling upon you by God, and we want to be a part of that. And a number of other people did as well. And they began to give donations through our organization, and it allowed Greg and Bonnie to go to the Institute for those 10 months. And uh, when they finished, they had no debt. And so praise the Lord for that. In, uh, or during the 10 months that Greg and Bonnie were down there, they were meeting with two other couples here in Cody, and they were praying together and meeting by Zoom each week and, and by phone. Occasionally they would see each other if Greg flew up here or they were in Texas. But the goal of those three people were just to go before the Lord and to say, God, what do you have for us? We think that there is another setting 
that uh, we could introduce to our friends and neighbors in Cody, Wyoming, that is different than uh, some of the other places that people were attending church or that they had ever even heard about Jesus. And so uh, they were meeting together. That was Eric and Kate Monfelt and Carson and Annika Kleinfeld and Greg and Bonnie. About February of 2020, Greg called me on the phone and said, uh, would you be interested in being part of the leadership team uh, for this new church? And we didn't even have a name then. And I, I originally said no. And I, I need to be honest with you about that because uh, I don't know about you guys, but part of my history and where I've come from is that leadership teams were more of a negative than a positive. They were very difficult to be a part of. Uh, it, I, I would say that they were w one of the wounds that I've had in my own, my own life. And so when he asked me that, my initial response was no. Unless you can show me what is going to be different about this gathering. And over the next two weeks, we spent time on the phone. We Zoom chatted and different things. And he laid out what we are doing right now at Outpost. And at the end of two weeks, and Jenny and I praying and uh, praying myself, seeking what God had, I said, I'm absolutely in if that's what it's about. And so when I look out here today and I, I see what God is doing, and I've heard a lot of your stories, not all of them, but I'm just like, you go, God. That's incredible. We want to be here today, and, and it's a celebration of who Jesus is. It's not because we're better than everybody else. It's because we have been called to something a little bit different, and we're inviting people to be a part of that. When we first started gathering after Greg and Bonnie did come back, by the way, that was a little bit of a surprise to us that they came back because we knew Greg was very gifted, very gifted young teacher and pastor, and we thought, you know, other people are going to see him out there, and will he come back to Cody? And when he talked to me in February, March of 2020, he said, God's leading us to Cody. That's my people, and that's where I want to be. Praise the Lord for that, too. We are so thankful for that and the, gr the group of people that have come together. It's hard to believe that it's been a year. We started meeting in parks in Cody a little over a year ago just to get to know other people and to start to share a vision uh, about this church called Outpost Community Church. And, and it, it was every other week. We didn't really have a set schedule. It was just to get together and to have fellowship together, and to get to know each other and cast that vision. But a year ago, we had lined up, the leadership team had lined up, getting together at uh, the rec center in Cody, and we had no idea what was going to happen. That's the great thing about starting up a new church. You really don't know what's going to happen. Okay, and we had, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 people at that first service. We, we met in the long hallway where the kids are now, and we were there for quite a while, and it was broken. The, the sound wasn't good. The music wasn't great. The, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, here we go. We're getting something going. The train's going down the tracks. 
But behind the scenes, our main thing was community groups. That's our main focus. And that was our vision back then. So you hear Greg talking often about uh, who we are and what our purpose is. What is our goals? Uh, you know, what are the things that we're doing to get towards an end? And our main purpose is to create fully a platform where people can become fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's our number one thing. It's not buildings and staff and all that, uh, those other kind of things. We're trying to create settings, and we believe in community groups is where this is at, where people can get together and they can go through things that we find very important and we hold up high. And what we've seen by doing that is, is amazing. And, and I want to share a little bit about that today. In the community group that we have been a part of, uh, which was the original community group, we were introduced to uh, kind of what was going on down at Watermark when Greg and, and Bonnie were down there. And, and since that time, we got Tommy and Val coming up from uh, Watermark and now uh, we got another couple that's here uh, working with the youth, and uh, Addison and Bailey are rocking it. Thank you for being a part of us. And they're bringing in these values and things that we want to do as a, believer, or as a church. Okay, in that community group, really for the first time as a couple, and we've been walking with the Lord for a lot of years, we felt like there was a platform where we could be completely honest and real and authentic with a group of other believers. And it didn't take long. We knew Greg and Bonnie, but we didn't know the Monfelts or the Kleinfelts at all, really, very little. And in a very short period of time, we were sharing things about our lives, asking for prayer and counsel, and they were doing the same on a very deep level. And that was the beginning. That was kind of like the model that we were wanting to establish. And Sid, you might be able to help me with this. How many community groups do we have going now? We have 12 community groups now coming out of, uh, from really that first one. And how many members do we have now? About 80 members. So praise the Lord. I mean, that, that's in the last year. We've had 80 people say, yeah, we want to run like that. We're willing to commit to this style that we're wanting to do based on God's word, and we want to be authentic. And so to me, that is, <laughs> that's praise and worship right there to be able to say, thank you, God, for doing that. What's happening in each one of these groups, I'm going to be honest with you, they're not great. It's messy sometimes. It's not perfect but it's people learning how to live authentically with one another. And that's awesome. It's been, excuse me, I got a little bit of wind here, which happens in Wyoming. So we've gone from one group with, with really not a lot of promises of what was going to happen in the future, and uh, all of a sudden we're at 12. Let me say, from my viewpoint, what it has really taken is some people saying, we're going to step out in faith. 
That's a key component of what's going on here. Oftentimes, we're asked to do things that may not make a lot of sense. It, it, it may not even, from an outward viewpoint, look like the best choice. And yet, over and over again, the stories that I hear here in uh, Outpost and what I've seen in other people is that they get to a place and there's a decision to be made and they need to take a step in a direction that they might not want to do. Now, that may be you. I know that that was me. That was Jenny and I when I said, no, Greg, I'm not that interested unless you start sharing some things with me. But it came to a point where I had to say, you know what, by faith, I'm going to take that step. And many of you in here right now that you, uh, you're wrestling with this idea, do I want to be fully committed? Do I really want to step into those places of deep authenticity and to share my story and to go fully after Jesus? It takes faith to do that. All of us come with different backgrounds and different wounds. When we start talking about, hey, where did we come from? I can tell you my story, but all of you have stories. And there's different things that happen in our lives, different theologies, different denominations, different ways to study God's word and what's important, tradition, those kind of things that we bring to this. And I think we would all agree that some of those things might just be tradition and not have a lot of biblical value and other things we feel very strongly about. And we're coming together in these little groups to be able to learn together and to grow together, not saying, hey, I'm right and you're wrong. It's like, hey, let's see what God's word says and see what, what lasts. Okay, I, when I was, you know, I only had a few hours to prepare <laughs> for this morning, so uh, you're going to have to roll with me. When I'm looking at scripture and why I'm talking about this step of faith being important, the Bible is filled with examples of people being confronted with something changing in their world and what happened after that change happened, okay? I was thinking of Moses. You guys know the story of Moses. You know, he's putting this basket in the river and he shouldn't have survived that alone. But he ends up in the temple He's in the Egyptian temple, and he, I mean, he's, he's got a, a good life there, a different life. And yet he sees an Egyptian kill one of his fellow Jews, his fellow Israelis, and he goes and he murders that person. He tries to bury the person to hide it, but somebody sees him, and he gets caught, and he flees to the desert. He runs away from the very pain and confrontation that was going to happen in his life. And God leaves him there for a long time, but eventually God goes to him and says, you're the man that is going to lead my people out of captivity. How would you have liked to have been Moses right then? Crazy. He was, you know, tending sheep. He had a good life out there in the desert. He didn't want to go back because that's where the wounds and the scars happened. And yet God says, no, I want you to go. You're, you're the guy. Like us, he came up with all kinds of excuses, right? I can't go back. I murdered somebody. Yeah, God knew that. I can't speak. Yep, God knew that too. He knew everything about Moses and he chose him. How about uh, Noah? Let's think about Noah for a minute. There is not one person on the face of the earth that is considered righteous except Noah. We think we have it bad right now. 
on the planet, and maybe we do. I think there's a lot of things happening. But in Noah's day, there's not one other person on all the face of the earth that was considered righteous but him. That's pretty bad. And God asked him to do the incredible. I want you to build this humongous ship, get all these animals to go on there, and ask people to repent to get on the boat too. And a lot of Bible scholars would say it had never rained on the earth. There was this canopy covering the earth at that time, and there was moisture everywhere. There was water in the deep, uh, under the ground. How would you like to be asked to do that? I want you to build something. The people wouldn't even have known what it was. There was no flood. There was no flooding. There was no rain. It was impossible. And yet God was saying, Noah, you're the guy. Take a step into that. Do the impossible. Do the ridiculous. And God saved the human race through Noah. There's many, many other examples Abram, the nation of Israel. How about Jesus when he was asked, you come down out of heaven, put on flesh, live for a few years, get brutally murdered, and go back to heaven so that you can pay for the sins of the world. How impossible, except with God. So where are you at today? Maybe you face things I would say that all of us face things. But maybe you think the things that you face are impossible. Maybe you're not righteous enough. Maybe you're not holy enough. Maybe you haven't become a fully devoted follower of Jesus yet. And all this stuff doesn't really make that much sense. I don't think it made that much sense to Moses or Abram or Noah. And yet they did it, and it changed the course of human history. One of the goals that we have as a leadership team at Outpost is that as we start to work together and we develop all these co-workers in the faith, we're putting people in a position where God can intervene in their life and basically mess up our plans. That's what scares us, isn't it? What scares us is not so much, oh, yeah, I want to be a Jesus follower, but I want to live exactly the way that I want to live. And God may not go with that. He may say, hey, wait a minute, I want you to be completely authentic with other people, which means they know everything about you, and I want you to know my word so that you can counsel biblically when they share their story. Is that too much to ask? I personally love it when God steps into our lives and he asks us to do what we would consider impossible or scary or not reasonable. That's God's great area. He does a great job with that. After one year, as I've listened to stories of people stepping into those places that years before they wouldn't do, they're being radically transformed. Listen to me now, that is a praise. God, thank you for those people. They are willing to do things that maybe they've never done before as a believer, 
And they're, they're taking that step, and God is blowing them away. And it's happening in our midst. It's happening everywhere. Uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to take a lot of teams international over the years, and we have seen some crazy things there. Beautiful things. Healing. We've, we've seen miracles happen. We've also seen a lot of poverty and people dying. What we've seen here at Outpost are miracles. We're seeing people transform. We're seeing marriages restored. We're seeing people live authentically with God for the first time in many, many years, maybe ever. That's miracles. That's God at work and us believing that God wants to do things and be at work in us. And after one year, I'm telling you guys, I don't know about you, but I I look around and I just say, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you were willing to mess up our plans or mess up our lives to introduce us to this idea of outpost. Praise the Lord. You guys have your own stories, and I, and I can't wait to hear more of them. Actually, we get two tomorrow, don't we? <laughs> With Kevin and Joy, which is great. My second point today is, where are we currently at in Outpost? And the, this is some more numbers, but I think it's important for us to understand. Remember a year ago, we had one community group. We didn't even know how we were going to pay Greg. We came up with a salary for Greg right then, and we're like, we don't have any income. But God, we're going to step into it because we know that you're great. You you own the cattle on a thousand hills, right? You can come up with some dollars for Greg and Bonnie and take care of them. Now we got another staff person and another staff person. We're talking about another staff person. And the abundance is everywhere. We have a business advisory team that's giving us monthly updates on our tithes and offerings, and they're saying, yeah, we we can afford even another person which helps us go after the community groups even better. It's incredible. After one year, thank you guys so much for being generous with your resources that God has given you and saying this is what we want to be about. Some people might say, well, we don't really have a building, and that's true. We don't have enough money to, you know, pay our staff what they're worth. That may be true as well. But I want to concentrate on what we have, not what we don't have. Right now, we have a lot of people going all out on this authentic relationship uh, towards Jesus. We have 12 different ministries in outpost from zero in one year we got the front lines the people that you see when you get to the building in the morning and they're they're loving on you and they're happy you're there and they're greeting you we have set up and tear down a lot of a lot of you don't even see what's going on behind the scenes but all this stuff here that's happening today there there's a great group of set up and tear down and you know, running the sound and recordings and all that stuff. We have a a helps or benevolence group that takes meals to people and helps. We got a singles group. We got a youth group that's taken off. We got worship. 
a worship team, community groups up to 12 now. We have shepherds that are serious about overseeing their groups and, and speaking into the leaders. We have a leadership group that's met for a year, now five people. A business administration team that looks over, an advisory team that looks over all the resources and gives counsel to the leadership team. And then we have regen for people who are ha battling different addictions in their lives, and we have reengage where mar married couples can go or people can go and learn how to reengage each other in their marriages. Praise God, man. Isn't that incredible? In one year, we got people stepping into things and God leading us into things that are amazing. What is he going to do in the next year? We don't know. We really don't know everything. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you guys. We don't. But we're preparing by being fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's what we want to do. We're narrowing down our elders, as Jake said, being a part of that and going through this process and asking all these questions and time commitments and heart for other people. Man, it's been great. To run with these other men has just been a total joy and blessing. I've never been in a group that authentic in my life as far as leaders go, and I just thank God for that all the time. Think about what we have as far as the facility, too. The city of Cody, a government structure, has opened up the doors of the rec center to us, and they've said, it's yours. You, you can use it on Sunday mornings. And not only that, is we're blessing them and they're blessing us. Some of their people have come and joined us. That's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, it is rare around the earth right now where you can sit there and say, you know what, we are thankful for the government in this town. Are they perfect? No, and neither are we. But right now they've offered that to us. Okay, what about Open Gate Church? Praise God for Open Gate Church. They have said, hey, our facility, you can use it whenever you want. And we are. We're using it a lot. And I want to acknowledge them there and just say, hey, let's pray blessing on them. Absolutely. Gary and Linda Hayes at Shoshone Office Supply and how they've blessed us there since we started with office space. And they've just been so gracious to us. I've already talked a little bit about the budget and what's going on there, and I, I just want to be clear. I don't know that we've ever been really that clear. Over the last three to four months, we've averaged about $20,000 a month in giving, and our, and our expenses are not that high. And I'm not, I'm not saying that so that you quit giving. I'm saying that God knows what our next needs are, and we're preparing for that. And I, I'm really thankful for the, the business advisory team and, and what they're doing for Sydney and, and her input on, in that. So we talk as a leadership team, like at the end of one year, are our goals and strategies any different? You know, we're a little more established now. We have a little bit more money in the bank. We're kind of getting into this routine and this process. Are our goals and strategies any different than they were before? And I, th I thought it would be important this morning to kind of go over what our original goals and strategies were. 
The first one is to devote daily. We got six core values here that really are part of our goals. Devote daily. You guys have heard of it be, before in our community groups. We ask these questions all the time. Hey, what's God teaching you this week? Where are you studying? Where are you adding God's word? The second one is pursue relationally. And when you're in a community group, that's part of the thing. You're going to pursue the other people that are in your group, and they're going to pursue you. And I don't know about you guys, but hey, our, our hearts can wander. Our lives can wander. We need other people to say, hey, what's going on with you? I'm coming after you. And that's what we do. And it leads us to our first question, and that is, how are you feeding your soul? That's one of our core values. That goal has not changed. If anything else, we want to press into it more. We want people to be feeding themselves with God's word and other people on a daily basis. We talk about live authentically in the uh, community groups and what does that look like? I don't know about you guys, but part of my past was if you got into a, a group, uh, you had to be cautious about what happened there because it may not be a safe environment, right? Absolutely. There's wounds from some of that stuff. But in these community groups, what we're trying to do is to allow people to have real confession. This is what's going on in my life. This is what's happened to me. This is where I'm at right now. Would you help me process that? And we have a safe environment that is free from any kind of condemnation. And we're not going to allow gossip at all. It stays within that group. And if we live authentic, authentically like that, God tells us that if you confess your sins one to another, you will be healed. And we have seen that over the last year. The fourth thing, counsel biblically. How do you counsel, how do you counsel biblically if you're not in God's word and you don't know God's word? That's why we, we teach the, the importance of that. The fifth thing, admonish faithfully. We're not afraid in our community groups if we see sinful behavior in one of the members that we're going to go confront them about that sin and they're going to do the same with me. And that leads to our second question. How have you fed others? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, how are you feeding your own flesh or how are you struggling in your own sin areas? And, and you guys, we ask each other that every single week in our community group. And I think most of the other community groups do the same thing. The final thing is engage missionally. It's based out of Matthew 28. Pretty soon we're going to go down there and have some baptisms, which is some of the fulfillment of Matthew 28, which is awesome. And it talks about us reminding each other of what our purpose is out in the broader community. Like this morning, we gather together and we love each other and we fellowship together and we cheer baptisms. And I mean, it's, it's a time of celebration. But as soon as we leave here and go out into our world of influence, that's where Engage Missionally happens. And if we're excited about our walk with Jesus, it happens all the time, naturally, because we're excited about it. So we ask the question, how have you fed others? So after one year, I believe Outpost is going to say, these are exactly what we want to do in the next year. It has not changed. We want to do it better. We want to offer it to more people to be able to live that way. 
one of our goals obviously is to be fully devoted followers of Christ and if that's true we want other people to do the same thing point number three we're about done here where do we need to go from here it's a question that we talk about as leaders what's next or is there somebody that we need to hire do we need to increase staff so that volunteers and other staff people don't get burned out? And that might happen. Some would say that we need you know, a building of our own so that we're not dependent upon the government for saying you can meet there. And you know what? That's a good thing to talk about and pray about. And that may happen at some point too, but not right now. The truth is, is we're going to entertain a lot of different questions and ideas from people within outpost in the next year and we're going to pray about those things and seek counsel about them all i think it would be a great goal personally that as we look at the gifts of the spirit that we want to live that way more and more as a people love joy peace patience Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What would our world be like here in Cody and Powell in this area if all of us fulfilled that with everybody that we were with? That's an admirable goal, something that I want to do. But the reality is this. Our goal and our strategy to get there is the same now as it was a year ago. We want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus first. And if we are, we're going to want other people around us to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's how it works. And I think that we can do it well. Luke 9, 23 through 25 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, you guys desire to go after him? I desire to go after him. It says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? We can go hard after life, you guys. We can chase after the things that seem so important to us. And at the end of life, we might say, what did it gain us? What did it gain us? But yet, if we're going hard after Jesus and, and we're saying, hey, you know what? We want to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. At the end of life, we will have gained it all. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to gain. This morning, I go over and help my wife with three of our grandkids, and they got cupcakes all over their face, which is awesome. Not sure whose idea that was, but now they're all sugared up, and uh, we get to hand them back to their parents soon. Uh, but the reality is, is that I want to pour Jesus into my kids and my grandkids and I want to go all in on that. I don't, want to, I don't want to just go part of the way in. So we have to ask ourselves, and I'm going to ask you to do that this morning. I want you to ask yourself, are you fully devoted to being a follower of Jesus?
And if the answer is yes, praise God for that. That is so fantastic. We want to run with you. Absolutely, we want to run with you. And here's the truth. If you say, no, I'm not, we still want to run with you. But there's some very strong differences. If you say, no, I'm not really a fully devoted follower of Jesus, I want to ask you, what's it going to take to get there? Because God's willing to step into your life and mess something up for you to be confronted with that. That's not a fear tactic. That's just the truth. All I got to do is study God's word and look at my own life. If you need to talk to somebody about that and say, I don't even know how to become fully devoted. I want that, but I don't even know what to do. Would you come up and talk to me afterwards? I don't know that I'm going to have all the answers, but hey, we'll, we'll do it together. We'll run it. Tommy is available. Jake's available. The, the person sitting next to you, ask them, hey, are you a fully devoted follower of Jesus? Can you help me? You don't have to come up front to one of us. Pretty soon we're going to go down to the water. And there's going to be different people that are going to go out in the water and different people that are going to get to be baptized. There's not like a, a you know, ordained minister that's gone to seminary and somehow has like holy oil or something. Devoted followers of Jesus, that's what we do. And that's what we're going to keep doing, right? I hope you guys are with me on that. I'm so encouraged after a year. I don't know about you guys. I love being here. I love the people that are part of it. Sorry about that. And I look forward to the next year. We live in very interesting times right now. I don't need to tell you that. You know it. Now is the time. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. Now is the time. If God is touching your heart and saying, hey, come on, let's go. Don't wait for tomorrow. There may not be a tomorrow the way we know it. Amen. I hope you guys are excited about where we're at right now and where we're going. So let's pray together and then we'll go down and enjoy some people, some people getting wet. Lord, I thank you for each person here. Thank you for their own story, how you are willing and loving enough to step into their lives and to say, you know what? I, I want to have a relationship with you. And God, you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes. And I love that. Thank you, God, for what you've done within this group of people in a, such a short period of time that people all over the place are getting excited about three questions that seem so simple and yet are so profound. God, thank you so much for Greg and Bonnie and their leadership. I pray, Lord, that you'll bring healing to Greg right now and to keep their family safe from this sickness. God, thank you for the wisdom and understanding you're giving him at such a young age. Lord, I pray for the rest of the leadership team, Eric and Kate and just Eric being sick, and I pray for healing for him too in Carson and Annika's world as well. God, thank you for Jake and Tommy Lord, these guys that, that show up and they're, they're just pressing in. God, thank you for each family that's 
represented here and as they get excited the stories that they're sharing with other people and they're willing to run a race that's not easy to run and yet that's what you call us to do god would you draw people to yourself in this town it doesn't have to be outpost god it can be another church where they lift your name on high god if they do come and they run with us help us to point them to this desire to run authentically with you, all out, not holding anything back, God. And what will you do? How exciting it is to to think and picture what you'll do with a people group that are fully committed to you. Let's hold nothing back. God, I thank you for the young lives, the lives that are uh, being obedient to you in baptism this morning, God. Thank you for the opportunity to do that in a public setting here in Cody, Wyoming. God, without fear of being put to, get, put to death. And Lord, I do think about other people in other places that don't have that freedom or luxury. And I pray for your protection upon them, God. What you're doing behind the scenes all over the earth. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being a God that cares and steps into our, our worlds. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>